Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, July 7, 2022. I am Graham G.S.M. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far and enjoyed your Independence Day holiday if you celebrate. If not, hope you had a great Monday nonetheless. Uh, we have a lot to get to here today between Money in the Bank on Saturday, some thoughts on Raw and NXT Great American Bash from Monday and Tuesday, respectively. Uh, very patriotic week, I guess, in the world of WWE. Dynamite is tonight as I record this. RJ and I had to record on Wednesday and are recording on Wednesday as I speak right now. Going up on Thursday, obviously. So, no AEW thoughts. We do quickly preview Wednesday's Dynamite as far as what aired this week and the two title matches and our thoughts on those. Uh, beyond that is it is strictly a discussion discussing the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and Raw and Great American Bash. Before then, though, Speaking of the 4th of July holiday, a very fitting patriotic interview today here on the show with SmackDown superstar Lacey Evans, who I thought was winning the briefcase. Now, this interview was recorded last Friday before the pay-per-view, went up a day later on Bleach Report in article form and in video form on the YouTube channel. So, as I've said before, if you want the interviews before they drop here on the show, you can check them out every single week on YouTube.com backslash WrestleRan. Uh, a majority of them now are in video form, some of them in audio form, but uh, we talked to Lacey Evans this week and Cameron Grimes as well. So that's up right now. I'll probably be airing that next week here on the show, and then in two weeks my interview with The Undertaker, which I thought was I was going to drop today, um, but things kind of got shifted a little bit. So Lacey Evans today, Cameron Grimes next week, and The Undertaker in two weeks. That will be dropping on my YouTube channel first and on Bleach Report on Friday. That's this Friday, so check that out when it drops promoting uh, WWE Legends biography on A&E, which I'm looking forward to this weekend. But at any rate, you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursdays. And on that note, please welcome at this time my very special guest, SmackDown superstar, the sassy Southern Belle herself, Lacey Evans. What's going on, guys? And head of WWE Money in the Bank coming up this Saturday in Vegas on Peacock. We're talking one of the combatants in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Graham Jason Matthews here now joined by SmackDown superstar Lacey Evans. Lacey, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Doing great. Going to one of a match like this. This is going to be your first women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Talk about that, how you're preparing, and kind of how it compares to pretty much anything else you've done in your WWE career up to this point. Well, I've been in Money in the Bank um, two years ago when we did it for uh, during the pandemic. There was no fans. We had to climb to literally the top of our headquarters in Connecticut. It was wild. It was on the rooftop. We had the the briefcase, you know, above the ladder at the very top. So it'll be a lot different this year. Um WWE did the best they could with, with what they were given. We put on an incredible show, but like I said, it's going to be different uh, this Saturday. Um, there's a different group of girls for sure. I don't know what the outcome is going to be other than after Ronda Rousey, but I'm, I'm, my head's in the game. You know, I just came back from, from having a baby. I've got two little girls, you know, that are watching me. So yeah, my motivation level is like the highest it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, I guess first formal Money in the Bank ladder match, I should mention. That one from two years ago was very entertaining in its own right, despite being dramatically different than what we're going to be seeing coming up this weekend. With, uh, like you said, a very different group of girls in this match coming up on Saturday. Anyone you're specifically looking up to mix it up with for the first time in this matchup, whether it be from SmackDown or from Raw or wherever else might be in the match that you're looking forward to mixing it up with? It's hard to say like who I want to mix it up because I don't want to mix it up with nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If if it were up to me, as soon as the bell rang, I would shoot. You know, I would just try to jump and 
I don't want to mix it up with no, what I want to mix it up with is that briefcase at the top. And then I want to mix it up with Ronda Rousey. But I mean, I'm excited to be in the ring with, with new girls. Uh, before I left, you know, it was Charlotte. It was, um, it was Bailey. It was Sasha. It was, it was Naomi. It was different. Um, so yeah, Raquel Gonzalez, I'll throw that name out there. I think that she's working really hard. Um, just her physique alone from coming from NXT to, to the main roster shows you what a workhorse she is. Um, Liv Morgan, she's so fiery and feisty and, and, uh, it's, we've got a lot of hardworking women in there, which I love. So I think we all, you know, we all have a good chance and uh, I think we're going to all give it our best. Yeah. And it's interesting too, especially when at the time that you took time off last year, like you said, you got pregnant at that point. We haven't seen you for the last year in WWE, having a child coming back, which is very impressive. Congrats on that, by the way. And with that being said, I mean, the last time we saw you in WWE before recently, obviously there were no fans at that point. I feel like we've kind of gotten these questions out of the way to other superstars asking what it's like to be back, being back in front of a crowd. Cause you've had fans back on the road now for a year, but you've only been back for the last two months with fans, obviously having fans before you took off, you know, in 2020, 2019 was when we, you know, you were brought up to the main roster and you had fans at that point. What's it like been back, you know, being back in front of fans and having that atmosphere to really feed off of again? Uh, it's incredible, especially being able to use my real life story of like the hell I've been through. Um, I mean, I love it. I, it's a, it's a different, um, game changer, uh, you know, and, um, it's different. I've only been able to do two live events, which has been wild to me. I've been, you know, I've been cleared and ready to rock and roll since six weeks postpartum. Um, but within WWE as a uh, professional sports entertainer, it's like, you got to wait, you got to wait till your tickets called. And, and when mine was called, I was more ready than ever. Um, my girls come with me, they get to see what their mom does. They cheer me on from the side and, um, and the fans, I think obviously the fans make what we do. Um, but it's different with me getting able to take those hats and those high heels off, come in like I am like Lacey Evans and then tell the world that it doesn't matter what you've been through. You keep your head up and you keep going, you beat the cycle and you freaking push through. Don't let what you've been through in life or, or who raised you or where you come from dictate who the hell you're going to become. And, uh, I got, I get to tell the world that, which is my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of going off that we got to see your story over the course of five weeks on SmackDown. I mean, that had to have been a tough thing for you to kind of bring out to the world or was it not so tough? Was it an easy thing for you to kind of, after three years of seeing the same Lacey Evans on WWE TV, we got to see a different side to you and how tough or how easy was that for you to kind of show that to the world and share that story? I mean, it was hard. And I say it was hard because, um, you know, the people nowadays it's 2022, you've got a bunch of these judgmental holes. Mm -hmm. I my own self out that, uh, and I said at the beginning, I knew there was going to be a lot of people to include my fellow superstars that are the boohoo cry me a river. We all have life, you know, like hard lives. We've all been through well tough. Okay. I get it. But guess what? I'm telling my story. If you don't want to, you know, cry about yours and get yours off your chest in order to help other human beings, that's your business. But so I knew that was going to come. I knew that I was going to get, you know, the chatter and the talk and, and people on social media saying enough with the crying wrestle already, whatever, you know, I, but I took it personal to be able to be that vulnerable. And I knew I was going to hate it. I knew it was going to suck. I knew if the world knew how many messages and responses privately. I mean, you, you see the ones that were, you know, public on social mm -hmm. media, you have no idea what I, I mean, where I'm reading these messages thousands and in, in tears because how incredible it is that being famous, being a public figure can help so many people that are out there looking at these beautiful faces and these nice bodies and these big smiles. And they're just like, I wish, well, guess what? We have, have demons and, and heartaches and heartbreaks. And, and a lot of us come from hard, hard lives, a story that like, that life sucks. It sucks. I don't care if you're where you're at right now, it's going to suck again, but we have to keep pushing and we can't hide the mental health and the heartbreak and ignore it. We can't mask it and bandaid over it with drugs and alcohol and addiction. We have to face it and we have to fix it. And if you do come from a life like that, you have to fight it and beat that cycle because that's what I'm doing every day for my girls, you know? And um, so, yeah, boo-hoo, cry me. I'll continue to cry a river and tell my story every damn day. 
It's interesting too because I was at the one oh, person out there who realized it. Yeah, yeah, no, no sorry, it, the, the service cut out there for a second, but uh, no, 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 I'm glad you brought that up too, and especially your daughter as well because I was at a SmackDown, I think in Brooklyn, maybe about two and a half years ago, I think it was. Your husband was in the front row, your daughter was in the front row. We saw you interact with them at that point. She's even older now, so like, what are her thoughts seeing you back on TV after giving birth? Especially, I mean, this is her first time seeing that. I mean, obviously, you we're other already a mother coming to WWE initially, so kind of her thoughts and seeing you back on TV and her journey throughout this whole thing. Uh, I mean, it's been incredible. We, uh, I mean, I, we had our daughter at the house, um, mm -hmm. and my nine-year-old assisted. So it was really cool for her to see life come into the world and just see her mother be such a mom and, and take responsibility and my baby's under my wing, but also chase a career, which is really cool because my stomach may not be back a hundred percent, honey, but guess that's life. And my gear is adjusted to fit that. And you may be a man talking to me right now, but there are millions of women women out there who, who question, what are they capable of? What can I do as a mom? Can I still be a mom for my kids and chase this career? And what mm -hmm. about my body and this and that? And guess what? Yes, the hell we can. And we're doing it every day. And I, my daughter gets to watch that. And, um, and I hope, and I pray that one day she'll look back when she's, when she thinks about what she wants to be when she grows up and what she wants to do. And if she can, and she looks back and sees that I did it. And yes, she can. And to keep her head up and and you could be beautiful and strong and badass and still chase your career while raising babies. And it's been hard, but, um, but I get, you know, I got to set the example for, for many people. God gave me this platform for a reason and I plan to use it. Yeah, no, like you said, so many people have reached out to you privately. I've seen a lot of po a positive public messages as well regarding your comeback and everything you've represented, sharing your story in the last two months on SmackDown and on Raw since coming back. With social media, it's such a weird thing because you hear a lot of negative voices, but it, and it kind of drowns out the positive stuff sometimes. But especially the stuff that you hear in privately, reading privately kind of definitely means more if you really focus on that stuff a lot more. So with that being said, in coming back, and you mentioned everything you want to represent and stand for, which is awesome. Do you have any like uh, doubts, I guess, when you first come back thinking, well, this is the story I'm sharing. What what if they boo me? Or like, do you not really think about that sort of thing? And are you 100% confident? Like I come back and share this story. They're, they're probably receiving, if, if they don't, you know, uh, react well to this, then I don't know what to do from that point. If that makes sense. That's a weird question, I guess. No, it, it's a question. I think that we all, I mean, you, you'd be stupid not to have a concern like that as a professional, you know, um, but I think that uh, this message that I have and this what I'm saying um, is so passionate and so strong that it's it's stronger than any voice that's sitting out there in the in. Mm -hmm. I could give two craps because I'm telling you right now for every. 10 people that are saying, boo, you know, this sucks, like the rest of whatever. There are about 150 daughters that were in my position, kids that were in my position, addicted parents that are, that are in my parents' position. And, and it's, and there it's helping. It's, it's telling the world something so much stronger than anything that I could be in my life. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, there was a thought that like, what if they don't like it? But there's also uh, the part of me that is passionate about it. So, and I said, and I'll say it again, some may love it, some may hate it, but it's for the ones that freaking need it. And right now, now there, so boo me all day long. I'm not shutting up. Uh, the world is hurting and we have to, we have to freaking beat the cycle. We got to keep fighting. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a great message to send. It seems like it's gone over very well since you've been back in, in WWE. And it's such a contrast. We're seeing the real Lacey Evans now on WWE TV. And even the role that you played previously before leaving and when you first came up to the main roster, you played it so well. And obviously, that's an extent of you as well. My girlfriend became a fan immediately upon seeing you on TV without even having to wrestle a single match, just coming out of the stage and do that other sort of stuff. She's a big fan. So can you talk about the contrast and playing a role like that? Obviously, you have a lot of fun in, in getting people to hate you and now getting to be the real you and getting to inspire people. I feel like there's definitely a lot of pros to playing both of those roles. Yeah. Um, but once again, I think I, I got lucky here with my passion about yeah. with my conviction behind it and the realism. It's just like, 
And I'm a sad, don't, don't forget. I'm still a sassy Southern bell. You could <laughs> boo me right out of that damn building. I'm still going to go home, feed my family and come back and whoop, butt, take names and do whatever I'm cut. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So rather it's uh boohooing on TV to show the world that, you know, uh, everybody goes through hell, but we got to keep pushing or telling you that you're nothing but a nasty and Lacey Evans ain't going nowhere. It's hand in hand. And those hands are just grasped together. This go round. Um, except I just, took the hats off in the high hills and threw on dugout mild boots but you know i still i still am a feminine sassy southern belle i'm still a mom i'm still a wife but uh i'm on a mission this go round a mission to not only kick ass and take names but help people um and so it's just it just the passion motivates me um as well as the people but yeah, no, between that motivation and the passion, I mean, I feel as a fan, this is probably the most ready you've been to be champion. And you could have been champion three years ago when you went for the title for the first time at Money in the Bank, no less, against Becky Lynch. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess kind of an easy question. Do you feel you're at your most ready now to win that title? You mentioned going into this pay-per-view. You haven't held gold yet in WWE. This is the best that we've seen you so far in WWE. Is this is, Does everything happen for a reason, I guess I'm trying to ask you, as far as why now is the time Lacey Evans should be champion coming out of Money in the Bank? I should have been champion then. I'm ready to be champion now. Um, I, I think I am more motivated than ever. I think that um, leaving uh, for the reason that I left um, says a lot. Because uh, at the end of the day, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. But I'm also here to show the world that you could do both. And that's what the hell I did. The only thing I'm missing, I got I got the stretch marks and I got the belly. Now I need the title around my waist <laughs> and, uh, and to, to finish it. You know what I'm saying? I'm a mama. I'm motivated. I'm a bad son of a gun. And I'm not going to stop until I get that title around my waist. Period. If it ain't at money in the bank, which I'm I'm feeling it will be once I get my hands on that suitcase, the briefcase, um, it'll be coming up soon because Lacey doesn't quit. Lacey Evans does not quit. Period. Last question for you, Lacey. What's harder training for money in the bank or the Marines? And how does it compare? Oof. Uh, they're both uh, hard. They both have pros, cons. Um the Marines for money in the bank, since you just divvied it just to that one, um, you know, challenge. Yeah. I definitely think the Marine Corps, just because of the mindset you have to have, you got to be ready for anything. But like money in the bank, you kind of can expect you already know who your who your challengers are. You already know what the goal is. And the Marine Corps, it's like you can get a phone call at any minute. You have to be there, be ready, be square, ready to kick butt, take names. So I think the Marine Corps on that question. But money in the bank is is a difficult one. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, I just have to get in there and do what I always do. And that is fight with my heart. We're going to see you in that Women's Money in the Bank ladder match on Saturday, Lacey. WWE Money in the Bank in Vegas, live on Peacock, Saturday, July 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Best of luck. Enjoy your Independence Day weekend as well. Thank you. You too. Big thanks to Lacey for the time. Like I said earlier, you can check out that interview in article form as well right now on Bleach Report and in video form over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant. So now we transition into my conversation with Mr. Marceau talking about the pay-per-view that we were promoting there in that Lacey interview, Money in the Bank, as well as Raw and NXT's Great American Bash from this past Tuesday. That being said, like I said, we're recording this on Wednesday, so no dynamite talk, but we will have a lot to get into, Mr. Marceau, between NXT, Great American Bash, Raw, and Money in the Bank. Yeah, we, we can maybe do, get a quick preview on Dynamite tonight. I know there's some some decent things going on, so maybe do a little preview. All right, all right. Well, let's talk about it right off the bat, because I don't want to save it for the end. It's going to be outdated by the time this goes up. But tonight, as we speak, it's going to be a loaded Dynamite. Two championship matches. John Moxley defending the AEW World Interim Championship against the new number one contender, crowned in Royal Rampage last Friday, Brody King of House of Black. I know you don't give a fuck about Brody King. I know you don't like him at all. I'm looking forward to that match. I think it'll be good. Um, in addition to that, Scorpio Sky and Wardlow in a street fight for the TNT Championship. We know Moxley's beating King, but is tonight the night we finally get Wardlow as TNT Champion? I feel like the answer's got to be yes, and it goes back to what I told you a week or two ago. Strip the fucking Band-Aid off and just give him the championship already. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Moxley's easily going to retain this. I, I mean, I if the Brody King became AEW World Championship, they might as well fold the company down now, so... <laughs> I think I think we're gonna get a, a a John Moxley retain, which it should be, and then I mean, rip the bandaid off the the whole Dan Lambert. Actually, just not even a Scorpio's title reign. The whole Dan Lambert experience just needs to go. Just needs to go away. 
at this point, he's just 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 not even old. He's not people don't even care anymore. It's not even like they boo him anymore. He's just like there. So you just gotta rip the band-aid, get rid of the whole group. It was a decent try and it just failed miserably. Tonight's the night you put the belt on Warlow. I think so. I mean, his momentum certainly stalled in the last month since he beat MJF at Double or Nothing. And to no fault of his own, they really just haven't done a hell of a whole lot with him. And, you know, they gave him the direction with the whole Scorpio Sky TNT title stuff. But uh, I I think the whole Forbidden Door build kind of took away from the Wardlow aura just because he wasn't really on TV a whole lot. He wasn't on that show, nor really should he have been anyway. Um, So getting back on track with a win tonight, decisive, dominant, straightforward, beats Scorpio Sky for that championship. And we can finally move on, hopefully, from the Men of the Year stuff. No more rematches for the TNT Championship. Get Scorpio Sky out of there. Get Ethan Page out of there. Get, you know, Sammy Guevara out of the championship picture, which he already is. But um, I'm looking forward to tonight, seeing where we go going forward, coming out of Blood and Guts last week. But like I said, it was kind of a an eventful week for WWE anyway, between Money in the Bank last Saturday. We had the 4th of July Raw on Monday. That really wasn't an overly eventful show. Um, but we did have NXT Great American Bash on Tuesday, which was last night as we speak right now. Um, and I thought that was a good show as well. NXT really is very hit or miss at this point, and a lot of the shows really aren't worth watching. But I've always said their theme shows and their specials are usually pretty good by NXT 2.0 standards, and I thought last night was no exception. So we'll get into that shortly, momentarily as well. Um, do you want to get your overall thoughts, though, from Money in the Bank on Saturday before we break down each matchup? And it was a very straightforward show, which I, what I really, really liked about this pay-per-view was the fact that, I know you watched it the next day, but watching it live even, dude, for me, it blew. It, it really just blew by. I mean, it was three hours, under three hours, I think, if not right around three hours. No pre-show matches, so no pre-show bullshit. Um, you know, we got uh, really no segments in between the matches either. It was all, there were six matches, a seventh if you include the cash-in, which we'll get to momentarily, the biggest part of the show. Um, some surprises, a couple championship changes, and stuff like that. So, I actually really enjoyed Money in the Bank going in. My expectations weren't as high as they normally are for this pay-per-view, because Money in the Bank is typically one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. They had to go from a stadium to a smaller building. That was, you know, stupid on their part to think they could sell 50,000 tickets, and especially during International Fight Week as well, as you mentioned before, in Vegas. But it ended up being for the best. I thought the atmosphere in the building was great. They were hot all night long. I really have no issues with a lot of the booking decisions made. And the uh, stage is set for SummerSlam coming up at the end of the month. So just want to get your overall impressions from the pay-per-view on Saturday. I thought it was a great show. I think they've hit another one out of the park with a premium live event this year. I thought the show delivered, like you said. Short, nothing over the top i mean i think by the time i mean i watched the day after i didn't watch live um the whole ron and natalia match like being in like the in the hot seat before the main event i was just like can we just wrap this shit up but besides that i thought the show had a good flow and uh i thought it was another win for them as a another good premium live event this year yeah, I mean, it doesn't really get talked about enough, I think, in that the weekly product is what it is at this point, not to you know condone it or condemn it or whatever. The, the weekly product is just not great, specifically in the SmackDown side. But the premium live events, the pay-per-views, whatever you want to call them, have been, I think, overall, I, I spoke about this on Hashtag, have been very, very good if you really sit down and think about how the Rumble really soured people with you know Brock winning and whatever, but overall, I thought it was a very good show. Uh, the Elimination Chamber show is by far the be- one of the best Saudi shows they've ever done. I still think Crown Jewel is better, but Elimination Chamber, compared to all the other ones, was a, a quite a good show overall. WrestleMania, both nights were great. We were at WrestleMania Backlash. Very good show as well. Um, Hell in the Cell, a great show, and now Money in the Bank. So I'm hoping the streak continues for SummerSlam. We will be there, as we announced last week, in Nashville. Super psyched for that. Uh, before we get into the matches from Money in the Bank, do you want to get your two cents on the vignette that aired during the show and another new one on Monday's Raw, showing indications of... The Dudley Boys broken glasses, the Hardy Boys, you know, armbands. We had a cross. You had all these other attitude ele- attitude era elements kind of mixed in there, making people think it's Edge, and it probably is. My initial thought, seeing the gold medal, was that it's going to be some spooky version of Gable Stevenson, which would have been incredibly dumb. Um, it doesn't look like they're going in that direction. Thankfully, it's not. Joe Gacy, from what I can gather, it will be very something, very likely something related to. Edge. Um, my alternate theory was that it was Bray Wyatt parading his Edge, and that's the next program for SummerSlam. That's a long shot. I've heard absolutely nothing credible about Bray being on his way back. That's just fantasy booking, but it does look like Edge is on his way back after only being gone for three or four weeks or whatever it was. Um, but the vignette was incredibly well done, and I think it accomplished what it needed to do in getting people talking. 
Yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, I mean, I think it, it's, if I'm guessing it's Edge, I mean, all the indication is Edge. Be cool if it's someone else. Um, but I think, it, like you said, at the least, at the minimum, it did get people talking, got people interested, which, I mean, that's what those things are supposed to do. Um, I mean, it's cool if they're going to bring Edge back, but, I mean, the Judgment Day is a fucking joke now, so we're going to do him and Finn? Mm. And there's lots of the Mysterios. I don't know. I feel like the whole Judgment Day, the whole switch and yada, 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 just they haven't really focused on them at all since since that even happened. So if it's Edge and we get him and Finn at SummerSlam, I, 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 I guess, but... Uh, I was kind of over something better. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be worse, but um, it is interesting. Why would you need vignettes to bring back Edge if, again, he wasn't gone for long? Like you said, is Edge and Balor the match for SummerSlam? Do you think it's a tag team match? Uh, where do you think they're going with that? Is it Edge and Balor one-on-one, as you said? I mean, I would, if it's Edge coming back, I would assume so. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know who you do it. I mean, it would be Priest and... Priest and Finn, I don't know who you would you definitely would team up with Edge. I mean, it seems like they're doing something Mysterio. So it would be a quick turnaround, but um, like Edge and Mysterio, maybe, and Ray if Dominic's hurt or something. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. I mean, they were they were like their. I don't think they were they in the inaugural SmackDown Tag Team Champions in 03? No, I think it was Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. No, you're. But, I mean, oh. Ray and Edge do have a have a. Uh, have a brief history as a tag team champion, so you could re uh, rekindle that flame. I think you are actually right. I think it is. If you if you do a quick search, I think it was twenty years ago. Edge and Ray were the inaugural champions, and then I think they lost it to to Benoit and uh, Kurt, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I know it was. At, I know that it was at no. Mer- I think it was at No Mercy 02. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and it was yeah. a triple threat with them, Los Guerreros, and. And Benoit and Angle. I could have sworn Benoit and Angle won, but let me just do a quick speed search here. I'm on my uh, laptop. I think, yeah, no, you're right. I think it was them involved. I think it was a straight-up 2-2 two two tag. I remember going back and watching that match, and it was incredible. I think the match you're thinking of was uh, Survivor Series when they did the three-way, and that was when the Guerrero was won. They passed the titles Chris, around like no one's business back then. Chris and Angle beat Eddie and, and, and uh, Edge. Oh, really? They were the first SmackDown Tag Team Champions? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, wow, you're right. Okay, I was wrong on that. Edge and Ray beat them in two weeks later in Manchester, New Hampshire on SmackDown. <laughs> two weeks later. In a no, two out of three falls match, and then they dropped the belts of Los Guerreros in a week. Yeah, uh, at Survivor Series, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was the SmackDown 6 period. It was, uh, it was a hot time. But yeah, they could, they could always pair up Edge and... Edge and Ray. And the original speculation was that, you know, Theory and Cena was the SummerSlam match. And uh, maybe instead Cena did something with Edge against the Judgment Day. I thought that would have been interesting too. The thing with the whole Cena thing, um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump around here for a moment. You know, we talked last week. He came back. I, I really like the whole Cena celebration. No indication of when his next match was. People, from what I saw online, were still thinking or hoping Cena could be announced for SummerSlam. Uh, for a match with Theory specifically. And uh, I don't know, at least me, I, I saw the writing on the wall last week thinking that's not going to, I mean, anything's possible, but don't you think if they were going to do that, and they had them interact last Monday, don't you think if they were going to announce Theory and Cena for SummerSlam, they would have at least had Theory attack him or do more than what he did? Because I mean, look at it this way, before the pay-per-view, we already knew going into SummerSlam, we were getting Logan Paul and Miz, which we'll get to momentarily. Corbin and McAfee, and Roman and Brock. They began the SummerSlam build early with various matches. I just think if they were going to do Cena and Theory, which they're not at this point, they're doing Theory and Lashley in a rematch of the U.S. Championship, then they would have done more than they did. So I'm honestly not disappointed with the direction they're going in with Cena instead. Or, I'm sorry, not with Cena, with Theory instead. Yeah, I mean, the interaction was so small that at that point, I just, like you said, after the show, like... He did have a one little thing that will probably rekindle down the road, but it, it didn't seem anything in the near future. So uh, I, I'd rather—I mean, the match with Theory and Bobby was great at at, at Money in the Bank, and I—I'm I, fine with them fleshing it out another another show. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was a really good match, and we'll get into that momentarily as well. But to open the pay per view with the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, uh, Liv Morgan besting Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, Oscar, Alexa Bliss, and Shotzi to win the women's. Money in the Bank briefcase. I'm still wiping the egg off my face. We talked about it last week. We talked about it before we went live here. Um, you were the one that was supposed to have the egg on your face from Lacey Evans winning and Liv Morgan losing, but it was the other way around. I mean, I'm not even... I'm not even... It was one of those things where 
<clears throat> I didn't want to be right. And I like Lacey Evans. I spoke to her last week. I'll probably put the interview on this episode before we speak here. But, you know, I really, really, really wanted, and I like a lot of the women in this match, I really wanted Liv to win. I did not think she was winning. She beat Alexa Bliss on Raw last week. She won that tag team match on SmackDown last week. I didn't think she was winning. They do this all the time. We're all booking 101. That person's going to lose. But she won, though. And <clears throat> the crowd was really happy to see it. She was obviously really emotional. We'll get to her moment later on in the show, but you know, the match itself, I think it was really all that good, unfortunately. I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, some of these women's Money the Bank ladder matches just are not good. And they have the talent in there. I don't know if it's a lack of chemistry or what, but the match wasn't that good. I was a big fan of the outcome, and it's about goddamn time Liv Morgan got her moment. And that's not even including what happened later on in the show. Yeah, I thought the match, like you said, the match itself was not good. I think, I don't know if it was the chemistry or just the different women in there. There was just so many botches and just weird spots. So, I just, I don't know. It just wasn't a good match. I just will call it, call it like I see it. It just wasn't a good one. But uh, I thought the match was there, but I was extremely excited when Liv won. I mean, I think it was finally her moment to win, and I thought it, it went well, and I, I, she was overly excited. The crowd went crazy. So, I mean, they had to, they had to make the fans happy one way. With Cody not being there, I feel like it had to be Liv if, if it wasn't going to be someone in the men's match uh, as a baby face. So I, I was extremely excited. I, I, I jumped out of bed. Uh, I, I couldn't be more happy for her. I, I, I thought she was getting that fan affair going into the year against Becky. We thought maybe she'd do something going to WrestleMania, and she was just eating pinfall after pinfall. And then seemingly now gets her moment. So uh, I think the fans sticking behind her definitely helped for for those couple months of her losing as well. But uh, definitely uh, a, a big congrats to her because she definitely deserved it. Yeah, this is a rare case of where you want someone to win, you don't think they're going to win. I mean, she wasn't even in the top two. Like with Rollins and Sammy before Theory got introduced in that men's match, I didn't. I knew Riddle wasn't winning. I figured obviously Omos wasn't winning. Sheamus or Drew, I. You know, there was a chance, of course, but realistically, I didn't think either of them were winning. It was really down to Rollins or Sammy. I really wanted Sammy to win, but I kind of figured it would be Rollins. Sammy was my second choice as far as who I thought it could be. With the women, we talked about it last week. I, I make the odds for this stuff as far as what people should bet on as far as who they can put money on to win this match. Liv wasn't even in my top three. I mean, beyond Lacey, if Lacey wasn't going to win, I think, well, what did we say? I think Alexa Bliss, I'd have to go back and listen to our predictions, but we either said Alexa, or no, we said Becky, obviously. Becky was our second choice. And if it wasn't Becky, probably Alexa, not Asuka, but Raquel Rodriguez, definitely. I think all had better chances than Liv. So how often is it that we have someone that we want to win, isn't likely to win, isn't reported or rumored to win, and then WWE does the right thing by having them win? I think that made the moment moment more special, was that this wasn't spoiled or, or foreshadowed or telegraphed in any way before it happened. That is so rare nowadays. I really like that aspect of it as well. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it was very refreshing uh, that we finally got someone that we wanted to win. Like I said, I think... If Cody was still around, she definitely would have won, I feel like. I feel like they had to make the fans happy in some aspect with Theory winning the men's match. So mm-hmm. Liv was the standout winner for, for the women to get the get the fans happy. So I was, I was glad we got that. Yeah, that's actually interesting you say that. Um, I do agree. I didn't really think about that. But especially with Becky winning Monday's main event, which we'll probably talk about at the end, uh, her beating Asuka, I feel like they might be setting up Bianca and Becky for the pay-per-view if Rhea's not back in time, unfortunately, and hopefully she is, but there's no indication she will be. Um, you know, they could have had Becky win, which I wasn't a fan of, and have her cash in on Bianca. Again, didn't really want to see that, but I'm glad they did the right thing here. Uh, speaking of doing the right thing, not that I was uh, you know, predicting the outcome, but I ended up liking this a lot more than I thought I would. Bobby Lashley, in theory, for the United States Championship. You mentioned it earlier, brother. Great match. I mean, these two worked really well together. Theory is a star on the rise. Uh, Lashley is just outstanding for being 45, 46, however fuck the old he is. Lashley is just a gem at this point. And uh, they worked very well together. That Vegas crowd was hot for Bobby Lashley. Just left and right, raw, pay-per-views, whatever. This guy's getting great reactions in front of almost every single crowd. And they were really happy to see him win clean, no less. And we found out what they did with Theory later on in the show. Um, This was wonderful stuff. And I'm actually really happy Bobby won, especially in the absence of Roman Reigns. And like I said last week, I didn't really want to see Theory drop the title so quickly. But they clearly have other plans for him. I guess he could get the belt back at SummerSlam. I wouldn't do that necessarily. But 
Um, you know, they need a top champion on Raw right now, and, and SmackDown kind of has it with Gunther, which is cool, and now we have this on Raw with Bobby Lashley. So I like this a lot, and uh, I like the match a lot, so I was a big fan of this. Yeah, I thought this was a great match. I think they worked very well together. I mean, Bobby's the big baby face, and Theory's just like that heel. You just want to slap him in the face. So I think they just had a good dynamic there, and, and Bobby winning. I mean, Bobby winning, I wasn't a huge fan of because I just didn't want they were dropping the belt. But then obviously what happened later kind of replaced that in my mind. So it was a great match. I was a little peeved at first, but the other direction they went, and it kind of smoothed it out for me. Yeah, no, exactly, and, and especially with what happened at the end of the show, like you said, and that kind of made up for it and whatever. And I wasn't mad, even even if what if, if what happened didn't happen, I still didn't think it was a dumb idea. Like even in the moment, I wasn't mad by Theory winning because Bobby is just he's the hot ticket right now. It's not like they had him lose to any random guy in the roster. Lashley is that guy right now, and I think having an, an opponent that's over, and a lot of that is due to how they're booked, but. Having an opponent that's over with the audience makes all the difference. I mean, Theory and Ali, I thought, had a good match. Ali's from Chicago, and even that crowd didn't give a fuck, it seemed like, about Theory and Ali from Hell in the Cell last month. For whatever reason, they just don't care about Ali, and I know he requested his release. That's a whole other story. Um, but they're really behind Bobby, and I'm, I'm happy he's champion. So I'm looking forward to this reign if it hopefully lasts longer than beyond SummerSlam. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship match between Bianca Belair and Carmella. Quality match here. We weren't expecting a barn burner, but for what it was... They don't have bad matches. Carmella's not a bad wrestler. She's actually improved a lot in the last five or six years. Um, she's been booked in a certain way where it's kind of hard to take her seriously for a singles championship, and she hasn't held a singles title in over four years, in about four years. But yeah, the match was fine. I thought it was well-worked. The crowd was into Bianca. She's an absolute star. She won clean. The only thing I didn't love was that Carmella attacked her afterward, and the feud's not over. I, I really don't care about the feud continuing. The whole point about, like I said a couple weeks ago, about Carmella being the number one contender that I didn't mind was that it was clearly a filler feud before they went to a different name. And uh, that doesn't appear to be the case quite yet. But uh, I thought the match, for what it was, perfectly fine with the right result. So I can't complain about this one either. Yeah, I thought this was a good match as well. He said filler match. That's kind of the one that took away. Like, I, I mean, no one thought that Carmella was going to win, nor should she have. Uh, but I thought it was a good match. He said Carmella was good in the ring. I just think the, the lack of interest was just because we knew that, that the... The finish was there's no doubt in the finish. We knew that Bianca was gonna win. So I thought it was still a good match. Good for Carmella. I mean they still kind of fleshed it out a little bit, but I'm hoping they'll just move on from that. Yeah, so where do you think they go with I mean, we'll just talk about it now. On Raw on Monday, Becky Lynch beat Asuka to hopefully finish their feud, no holds barred match, one decisively, end it there. Uh, Alexa Bliss backstage, I know, teased the title shot. We haven't really seen her in the mix at all. She's gotten a couple of number one contenders shots, but She's lost them all. Um, she could be in the mix. And then I think it was Carmella. I was thinking of a third name. I think it was Carmella who said, you know, I want another title shot, whatever. So I was thinking, do you think they might do a triple threat next week to determine the number one contender? I want it to be Rhea, but if Rhea is not cleared yet, you know, Carmella... Here's the thing. I would like to see Becky and Asuka, or not Becky and Asuka, God forbid, not again. Becky and Alexa Bliss again. Uh, for the first time in many years, we've talked about this before. I like that as the non-title feud going into SummerSlam. That would mean another Carmella match unless Rhea comes back. All of this might be null and void if Rhea's back by Monday. But like I said, no indication that's the case. So I'm just kind of curious what you would do. Do you have Becky go back after Bianca and you run it back at SummerSlam a year after they had their first match? And Becky has yet to get a one-on-one -on -one rematch, so that would make sense as well. As long as... Bianca wins, I say. That's really the only caveat. I would not have Becky get the belt back. So I'm curious what your thoughts are and what you would do as far as the Raw Women's Championship is concerned. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, I, I think it really depends on what they're planning on doing with Becky. I mean, at this point, I don't know what Rhea's doing. I feel like if she wasn't going to win the belt and at, at Money in the Bank and it was just a filler before we did Bianca and Becky at SummerSlam, I would just run at her and Bianca or Be Bianca and Becky at SummerSlam still. I mean, Alexa's in the picture because she's just kind of there. I mean, I really don't want her involved. Um, I would just do Becky and Bianca at this point, unless Rhea's going to be there. And like you said, maybe if Rhea's there, they do a triple threat on Monday, her, Liz, and, and Becky. But I feel like all roads do lead to Becky and Bianca at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense. And listen, they want more key matches. Is that not a big match to do that for that pay per view? I would. I mean, listen, they've done it before. But if they want 
marquee matches for this show. They got Pat McAfee on the card, likely Logan Paul, Brock and Roman. I mean, that's a marquee match I can at least get behind because we haven't seen the one-on-one rematch since Mania. So I'm honestly okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that match. I think it's 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 a marquee match. It's a money match. It's a rematch. It, I'm all in for it. Speaking of matches, we've seen a ton of times, but I wouldn't mind if we got it again. Profits and Usos. Undisputed WWE Tag Team title match from Money in the Bank. This was fantastic. And listen, I was looking forward to it because... That go-home segment on SmackDown I thought was really good. The whole Ask Them Anything thing was kind of dumb, but the segment itself with the mic work from both men I thought was great. And the build was was what it was. He had the singles matches on Raw every week, and they were good matches, but you know it's booking 101 from this company. Uh, we've seen the match a ton of times. I didn't think the Profits were going to win. I wouldn't have had the Profits win. But these guys go in there, and specifically, the, I mean, the Profits don't get enough credit for being as good as they are, first of all. Second of all, the Usos have a track record at this show specifically of having fucking killer matches. Money in the Bank 2013 had that show stealer on the pre-show with The Shield. 2014, you were there for that one. They had um, that match with uh, Rowan and Harper, I think, on the main show. Fantastic match. And the list goes on and on from over there. They had that great match with the Mysterios last year where they became the SmackDown Tag Team Champions to begin with. They beat Brian and Rowan on the pre-show a couple years ago in a quality match. So, the Usos are synonymous with this pay-per-view. They delivered, once again, the best match on the entire show, in my opinion. I know you would agree as well. One of the better matches all year from this company, and it was a tag team match, which they normally don't really give a shit about, but when you give the time to the talent, they go in there and they kill it. So, despite the predictable outcome, and they kind of had me hooked on a few different points thinking the Profits might win, uh, this was really, really, really good. And I think the I think intentional um, fluky finish with Montez's shoulder being up sets the stage nicely for a rematch, which I am not at all opposed to if this match was any indication. Yeah, this was an amazing match. I, 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 like you said, I was there, what was it, 2015 Money in the Bank or 2014? 2014, got- yeah. 2014 against Harper and Rowan. It was a great match with the Usos. I just think they just... I mean, I feel like they have great matches with everyone. I feel like they really haven't had... Maybe, like, the Viking Raiders have had some mad matches with them. But, I mean, I thought this was a great match. Definitely match of the night. I mean, how do you at the end of your seat, honestly, by the end of the match? And even it was one of those matches, like... My dad usually doesn't say much. But after the match, he's like, wow, that was a really good match. So, <laughs> um, that was... I thought it was good. But you said that... that I don't know. I feel like the whole... This, like indecisive finish like it seemed just completely random like at first like no one saw it until they went to the replay so i mean if that's the way they're gonna do it i guess i'm fine with it but it was kind of just like out of nowhere i don't know it just like they're like oh yeah they won like i didn't see it in live like i was watching and then all of a sudden like oh his shoulder was up but if we're gonna run it back i'm definitely down to do it again well it might have been a botch because like you said in the moment it wasn't apparent until like well after the match you know, like it wasn't until a couple minutes later they realized what happened when they showed the replay and then they kind of zoomed in on it. And the Usos weren't on Raw. They did acknowledge the finish and they brought that up again. So I I hope we get a rematch out of it. Um, I don't know. They might just move. They very well may just move on from it. But uh, I mean, they don't really have much of a choice but to, but to not move on yet because who else do you put with the Usos? The Usos have beaten every other team in this company from the Raiders to the New Day, which I do not want to see again. Um, you know, they knocked off the Profits. They've beaten the Mysterios. What more do you think they can do with the Profits, or not with the Profits, but rather the Usos as champions? Is there any one team on any roster, and there's not a whole lot of them, that you think stands a chance of knocking off the Usos for those tag team titles? Unless it's, as we mentioned before, a Sami Zayn or a Kevin Owens you know, sort of team. Beyond that, I, I don't really have any ideas. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they've beaten everyone. I think what you just said, beating, like, facing, losing to, like, Sammy and to Sammy and Kevin would probably be the best chance. Like, the way that the story's telling right now, they'd probably be the only ones that would make sense. Yeah, exactly. I just don't, I, I can't think of any other teams and what, like you said, with Sammy and the story they're telling there, that's kind of just what I want to see. And it's not even like you can call up any NXT teams either. You know, like, there's no, you know, this was three, four years ago. Oh, you know, them against the Undisputed Era would be great. <laughs> what, what team? Pretty deadly? Like, Monsor, or, I'm sorry, Masse and Mansois? Like, there's no teams aside from Los Lotharios, who are barely on the show. I don't know, man. It's very weird. But uh, it was a great match, though. What do you, what, what, what sort of stock are you putting into the whole Montez Ford rumors right now that he could be pushed as a single star soon and... To that, I say I would just keep them with Dawkins, not break them up. I feel like that's such a tired trope. You don't need to do that. 
just have Montez Ford start doing single stuff while still with Angelo and uh, give him a shot and see how it is because it won't hurt, right? I mean, they need the star, so why not at least try? The guy looks like a star in, you know, on his own right now. Yeah, I mean, his physique is definitely gained at least like 20, 30 pounds of muscle. He looks like he's ready for a singles run. I wouldn't break them up. I think I hate when they do that because I feel like if they broke them up, Dawkins is, might as well get his bags back, and he, he's the next budget cut, unfortunately. He's, just, he's the next I mean, Tucker, yeah. He's the next Tucker. Like, he's just the tag team guy, and if anything, they just repack. If, like, they broke him off and Montez went on his own, they'd probably just stick Dawkins with someone else, honestly, if they if they wanted to keep him. Uh, so... Um, so yeah, Montez Ford singles push, you think? Easily. Yeah, I don't know when I would do it. I don't know if I would do it soon or do it after the rematch. Or there's not much more they can do as champions or you know as a tag team. So unless they were to get the belts back, but I don't know. It's weird. I'm not really sure what they'll do, but uh, I I certainly would not be opposed to it because again, Montez Ford, like you said, looking like an absolute star right now with the build and. I just think him and Bianca at some point as a pairing, as a heel pairing, especially down the road, and I said it to you, what, a week ago? I don't even know if I said it to you or I was just thinking it, but, you know, him as Money in the Bank, Mr. Money in the Bank a year from now, I mean, it just writes itself. But uh, I would certainly push him on his own before then, not break up the team. Dawkins is done, and Dawkins deserves better. I thought Dawkins really went in there on Monday and on Saturday on Raw and Money in the Bank and had a great showing in his own right. I think he should not be overlooked as well, but he would be if they were to be broken up, so hopefully that won't be the case. Uh, We go from there to the SmackDown Women's Championship match that you alluded to earlier. Natalia, Ronda Rousey for the title. Uh, Ronda Rousey winning decisively. Liv Morgan chooses to cash in her contract, which she said earlier she probably wouldn't cash in until closer to WrestleMania. Obviously bluffing. The fifth consecutive year they cashed in the contract either the night of or the next night, which is just so fucking lazy. Um, other than that, though, I'm really happy Liv Morgan is champion. I'm glad she obviously cashed in successfully. I wouldn't have not had it do it successfully, obviously. I would have waited a little bit longer to do it, but, you know, still, I thought it was a great moment, and like we said earlier, she deserves it. And the fact she pinned Ronda Rousey, of all people, it, it had me thinking Ronda was going to win, because it's Ronda Rousey, but, no, Liv Morgan, of all people, pinned her to win the title, uh, not exactly decisively, but it was clean. She didn't cheat. So uh, I love this. I was very happy to see her as champion. The match that preceded it with Natalia and Ronda was kind of what it was. It wasn't bad, but no one gave a shit because the storyline's been, again, what it is. Um, but yeah, very happy for Liv, though. So your thoughts on all of this involving the SmackDown Women's Championship? Yeah, I thought I thought the match stuff was just like I was ready for it to be over with. I just think the feud's been awful, and the match wasn't really that good either. But Liv cashing in, I mean... Right when she got on the ankle lock, I'm like, if she taps out, I'm fucking done. Like, I honestly thought she taps out. I'm like, are you serious? But luckily she did it, and she beat Ronda, um, which was nice. And, I mean, I feel like SmackDown has been, like, not that it needs new blood, because I feel like they do have a lot of younger up-and-comers, but, like, they don't have anyone solidified. So moving her to SmackDown, I actually don't hate it. I mean, if, if they're going to give her an actual run, I mean, I, I'm, I'm down for it, so... I was happy she won, and she beat Ronda, and we'll see what happens next. You mentioned it right there. How long does the reign last, do you think? Do you think she escapes SummerSlam as champion if Liv and Ronda is the plan? I mean, I, I think she, if, I mean, she won the belt. So I, if, I'm, if I'm booking, I'd keep the belt on her for a while. If anything, if you wanted to, you could have her beat. If you don't want her to beat like Ronda clean again, like maybe have Charlotte come out and cost Ronda the win. And then you go that direction again. I really don't know because I feel like they don't want Ronda like just eating pinfall after pinfall. So either that or they go in a different direction. I'd honestly like to see her and Bailey at SummerSlam, but I don't know what, what's going on there. So you could bring Bailey back and do her and Liv, but mm-hmm. they said you know what's going on with her. But I think they'll do her and Ronda. But if not, I would do her and her and Bailey. That's the thing. I agree with everything you said. I just realistically think, and again, I said Liv wouldn't probably win the briefcase, and I was wrong. So. You know, they, they could certainly change my mind. Um, anything can happen. It, it's WWE, as, as we've said before. That was for the better. Usually they, they do what we don't want to see and don't think that's going to happen because it's so silly and dumb. But they do it anyway. Um, I do think Liv is probably losing at that pay-per-view. I just go back to last year, and you think to yourself, well, why would they have her cash in successfully and give her the belt for a month? What was the point? Exactly. I mean, we ask that question constantly with a lot of things, but I just go back to last year and think of Nikki Ash who, I mean, Liv is a more over than she was at that point. But, you know, she had a decent fan reaction to that point. And she cashed in, and she beat Charlotte, won the title, blah, blah, blah. They gave her the run 
the Cinderella reign for a month. They took the belt off of her from Charlotte, and they gave it to Charlotte at SummerSlam. And that was it. She never even bothered to go back for the championship. They didn't even put her back in the title picture after that. Now, I know Liv Morgan is, I don't know, better, but, you know, she's certainly more over, and she's not as badly booked as uh, as Nikki. I mean, Liv's booking has not been great at all, and, and people are still behind her, but... I don't know, man. I just get this. I just get this feeling, this feeling of dread. And I want to enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. That Liv is champion. I will. I'm, I'm not complaining, but I just get this feeling. They just don't see her at that level, and they just want to give people. Her, I mean, which I guess is better than not giving her the championship at all. But I just get this feeling that they're probably just going to build to her losing fairly quickly, and then she'll be right back to where she was. Which I guess is again better than her not being champion ever. Um, I just really want to see something new from that division, aside from just Charlotte and Ronda, and you know Bailey in the picture would be fine, but. Keep the belt on Liv for a couple months and see what happens. I feel like you got to give her a real chance before you can give up with her, before you give up on her like the company might at SummerSlam. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that, I, 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 if I was them, I would keep the belt on her for a little bit, kind of try to develop another star. I mean, the four horsewomen aren't going to be here forever, so um, she has great fan affair even after she was losing a lot. I would keep the belt on her. Like I said, I would do her and Bailey, but... I mean, if they're going to do her and Ronda, I don't think she's going to beat Ronda clean. So, like I said, maybe some shenanigans, or if not, she'll just drop the belt back to her. But I don't, I don't know. Do you think they maybe turn Ronda Rousey heel, or do they not do that if um, you know Charlotte should be a heel, and I assume she comes back as a heel, and Bailey was a heel the last time we saw her, unless Bailey comes back as a face, which is possible. But would it be a face versus face match, and then they might turn Ronda, or is it going to stay the way that it is? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Ron, I don't know. Maybe Ron is going to be away for a little bit. I feel like we don't really know just mm-hmm. yet. I mean, back down with us a little bit more, but maybe she's going to be gone for a little bit. So that's why they had her beat. That's why she instead of cashing on Bianca because she's a raw superstar, she beat Ronda. I mean, I don't think anyone really thought of that one right after she cashed it in. So um, maybe I, I just feel like if you're going to try to develop more women, which they 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 have a good amount, but I feel like you need other big name people i mean you need to have a decent run and i feel like she's got the fan affair I, I i don't know why you'd you you would pivot on that but i mean like you said that's something they do all the time but if i was them i'd keep the belt on her for a little bit and build her up yeah that's what i would do give her more credible wins and you know try to make her look like a threat after months and years of just being made to look like a tag team person and you know, she's lost to pretty much everyone as Liv Morgan, including Charlotte, including Ronda, including everyone. Natalia, I mean, she's lost to everybody. Um, so just give it a shot and see where it goes. If it doesn't work, then take the belt off her. But, you know, I don't really think you're going get to good, get a good grasp of what she's capable of in a month. You know, like, I think there is such thing as pulling the plug when the time is right. A month is way too short. I think two or three months is more appropriate. Like, with Jinder, for example, I know they did that for an entirely different reason, but... He was champion for six months. Like, what? What are we even doing here? Like, I think a, a two or three month reign would have would have sufficed because they tried. It didn't work. Take the belt off him. Give it to Nakamura, which they didn't fucking do. Um, if it doesn't work with Liv, take the belt off her by September or October. Don't do it in three or four weeks when she's barely even had a chance to change the side plates yet. So that would be my uh, my advice as far as that goes. But we get to the main event: the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, supposed to be just Riddle, Rollins, Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre, Madcap Moss, Sheamus, and Omos. Uh, before theory was added at the last minute by Adam Pearce, no explanation given. And listen, for all the times that we've seen Vince on TV in the last couple of weeks, which were completely pointless appearances for the most part, they couldn't have had him come out during this show, and you know they couldn't have had him come out and. Uh, introduce theory i mean that he is you know mcmahon's boy is austin theory at this point so i thought that was a little weird but uh whatever theory gets added and uh i I know you said over text a lot of other people agree that as soon as theory was added it made it predictable i disagree i mean at least to me anyway i saw that as maybe it's a red herring and they'll still have rollins win and they just want to give you know theory a pay-per-view main event but no they went all the way with him and had him win the whole thing and you know what we might be the only two people on the same podcast at the same time that are going to say that we actually like this. I don't mind it. I'm not saying, oh, it's the greatest booking decision ever. I do think it's too soon for him to be world champion in this company. But he got great heat on Monday. He was made to look more serious. He looked great in the match with Lashley. He's well on his way. He's more along than he was six, seven, eight months ago. Even more along than he was during the McAfee match of Mania. 
but I wouldn't put the belt on him at SummerSlam. I think that'd be fucking premature and dumb. But I do think he's the perfect fit for that briefcase at this point in time. Let him run with it for a while, which we haven't seen in a long time. Have him cash in around Mania, after Mania, on Cody Rhodes or whoever. That would be a good feud. A lot of different directions can go in there. Don't rush it. But I think in a vacuum, the idea of Theory is Mr. Money in the Bank, I don't hate it. So I like the match a lot, and I actually enjoy the outcome. Like I said, we're in the minority here. A lot of people don't like Theory, don't like the outcome, and that's fine. I'm not saying you're wrong for thinking that. Um, I just think this has potential. A-Town down, baby. I went nuts. I mean, I thought right when he got added in, it was to me it was obvious. It was like, oh, he's easily going to win now. But I mean, there were moments you're like, oh shit, maybe Rollins will win, or or Sammy, or or Riddle. I feel like everyone else. I mean, Drew and Sheamus maybe. Omos had zero chance. The same with Madcap. But, yeah. I mean, I just feel like he's the perfect person for that. Like you said, the whole point, which I've always kind of said, the money in the banks for someone that like normally wouldn't get a title shot, like a main title shot, like or needs like more time or needs the the briefcase to like kind of catapult them there. So like like you said, I feel like he can hold that briefcase for a while. He could do like Rollins did like over time, over time, over time, like could say that he's gonna cash in and like something goes awry and like he goes to cash in and then like he doesn't and he's like the chicken shit heel and he's got the fucking slappable face. I mean He's, like, the perfect guy to hold the briefcase, and it reminds me a lot of, like, when Rollins held the briefcase. Like, I agree. He's going to cash it in, and, like, something would happen, or he chickens out, and then he eventually did, and when he did, it was the greatest thing ever. So, I think it keeps you busy, someone like him. Like, he's not totally ready now, and I think when Rollins wanted to, he wasn't ready at that mm-hmm. time. But after time, he finally got more seasoning and got more things under his belt, and then now look at him, so... I think if they take the same approach with theory, they can make a, a, a big star. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you kind of said it right along the same lines as I did. Would you wait until next year to have him cash in at the earliest, or if not later this I, year? He shouldn't cash in sooner than WrestleMania 38. Ah, wow, bold prediction, but I agree. I, I would agree. Well, yeah, 39, obviously. I think that's the next one. 39, I, 39, duh. Yeah, <laughs> I lose track, but yeah, no, um, I agree. I would not have him cash in before then unless they lose all their talent. I wouldn't do it at SummerSlam, and like you said earlier, maybe Sami Zayn interferes in the SummerSlam main event and prevents Theory from cashing, and that'd be quite entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I would I would explode. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Uh, so that's Money in the Bank in a nutshell. I thought it was a really good show. I know you would concur. Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of high hopes for the show. The build wasn't great, and they didn't really have a lot of major attractions on paper as they have in years past. Like, you know, last year they had Edge on the show with Roman Reigns, and and they've had AJ and Cena before. They've done AJ and Kevin Owens and all these other big matches. <clears throat> Not really this year, but I thought it's still, but the six matches, seven matches technically, that we got, a lot of good booking decisions. I was, you know, entertained coming out of it. And, uh, you know, going into TV, it, it kind of left me like, okay, it feels like the peak are the premium live events and the TV are just kind of whatever. But it, it's, I guess it's worth it for the pay-per-views alone. I don't know, but it was a good show. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, the 4th of July show on Monday, like I said earlier, not exactly an eventful show, um, but we did have a couple good matches. As you mentioned earlier, the Judgment Day lost by DQ to the Mysterios. Where do you think this is going? We kind of alluded to it earlier, but do you think it is going to be maybe Finn and Ray at SummerSlam? It could be Edge and Ray versus Judgment Day, or are the Mysterios just a filler team in there for these guys? I mean, at the very least, I like the fact the Mysterios won in their hometown. The way the finish was done, I wasn't exactly thrilled with, but I know it's the whole Eddie Guerrero thing, okay, they saw that, they recognized it, okay, um, but I thought the match was great, even though Finn Balor has fallen off a lot, I mean, the whole group has fallen off a lot, but I enjoyed the match, though, I thought it was good. Yeah, it was a fun match, like you said, I think, I mean, the Mysterio should win, it's their hometown, it was like, I think it was like the first time he's been to San Diego in forever, so. Yeah, he said 10 years, yeah. That pop, and the fans were probably pissed, but I mean... I think since they broke up the edge from the Judgment Day, it's been just so they seem like another random faction or group that WWE like puts together and they do nothing. So maybe they can get them back on track, but right now I'm just not feeling it at all. Yeah, well, maybe they're just I don't know. I can't even tell they're waiting for Ronda or not Ronda, Rhea Ripley to get back, but they shouldn't have to wait for her. Like it should still be a strong faction even when one person goes down. So I I don't know. They just kind of an afterthought at this point. Um, speaking of tag team matches. It's looking like it might be Miz and Ciampa versus Logan Paul and Styles at SummerSlam. I didn't watch the show live. I watched it the next day. When I looked at Twitter when I was done watching the show, I didn't see anyone talking about this. So maybe I'm just talking out of my ass here. But 
that was the feeling that I got coming out of that segment on Raw when AJ beat Miz, and then Miz and Ciampa attacked AJ. And we already talked about Logan Paul last week. You offered the breaking news that he signed with WWE. Logan Paul and Miz, to me, is fine. It kind of sells itself. We already saw Logan Paul and Miz in a tag team match at Mania as partners. I just feel like this is below AJ. Listen, I know it's Logan Paul, but just what the fuck are they doing with AJ Styles at this point? I don't know, man. I, I don't really love that idea, but Logan Paul is in the company. We talked about that last week. We've had more time to let it sink in. I think Logan and Miz on its own sells itself, but Ciampa means nothing at this point, so I'm not really sure why he's in there other than just a person for Logan Paul to pin, I guess. Uh, I don't really want Logan Paul to be a babyface, and that would be dumb. Um, but still, I think the, the way they're shaping this up is interesting, though. I'm not really sure what they're going for, but that was my perspective on the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe they do it because AJ's a face, so they'll put him with, with Logan Paul to be a face, because I feel like if you did him and Miz, I feel like the fans would turn on Logan Paul and cheer for the Miz. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think realistically, if I was booking, I would just do them one-on-one. Like I said, Champa means absolutely nothing. I mean, you're not going to do AJ and Champa by themselves, so... I mean, I guess you could do a tag match, but I, I'd rather just see Logan and, and Miz one-on-one. Yeah, I think that match just makes more sense in a singles capacity. So it could get changed. Maybe AJ's just in his corner, which would be even worse if he's not even wrestling on the show, but that was just uh, my take on the whole thing. We also kind of found out we're getting Rollins and Riddle probably at SummerSlam. Riddle went after Rollins and attacked him after Rollins beat Ezekiel. I'm all in on that. They teased it a couple weeks ago. Um, it keeps Rollins busy. It's a nice use of Riddle, who's really over right now. We haven't seen the match a ton. We've seen it a few times, I think. I think. I don't even know if we've seen it one-on-one. I thought we did, but I might be wrong. Um, anyway, I think that this is going to be a great match, and it's a great use of both guys coming into one of their bigger shows. Yeah, this is going to be a fun match. One-on-one, no, no title online, a marquee match. Like I said, Riddle's so fucking over right now. That he obviously just needs a big one-on-one match, and Rollins is over as well. So um, I- I'm I'm so down for this match. It's not fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a great uh, secondary match, a lot like Rollins and Edge last year. Rollins is Mr. SummerSlam. I mean, he went in there and killed it with Dominic Mysterio two years ago. Him and Edge stole the show last year. You go back to 2019, him and Brock had a killer match in the main event. Him and Ziggler in 2018 had a great match. 2017, one of the Raw Tag Team titles with Ambrose. The list goes on and on. So, Rollins, you can make a case, is Mr. SummerSlam. And uh, I'm looking forward to him him and Riddle at SummerSlam as well this year. Uh, as we wind down here, just want to get your quick thoughts on NXT's Great American Bash show from last night on Tuesday. I actually enjoyed the show by NXT standards. We have a new... A uh, pair of NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, that being Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. Very happy with that result. A good main event with uh, uh, Braun Breaker and Cameron Grimes for the NXT Championship. And the former Jordan Devlin, who I think's new name is J.D. McDonough or something like that. I, I don't think it's Donahue. It's something along those lines, though. Um, he attacked Breaker, so that's the next feud. And uh really like the tag team title match. Diamond Mine beating... Diamond Mine, it's Creed Brothers beating uh, Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp. And I thought... Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller had a fantastic match for the North American title. So, uh, again, in a nutshell, I want to get your thoughts and Great American Bash of what you caught of, it, caught of it, if anything, from Tuesday night. Yeah, I thought it was a good show. Like you said, I was glad that Perez and Jade won the belts. I think we called it last week. I mean, I like Toxic Trashing, but I, I think our main roster call-ups probably sooner rather than later for them. So, I, I think Jade, and, and Jade specifically, I mean, Perez has been good, but I feel like Jade needs some kind of some kind of hardware i mean she's been popular but then she was kind of waning and now she's with with perez who's a baby face so mm-hmm. that helped get her a little bit more legitimacy i mean grimes and, and breaker were, was a great match hayes and waller was amazing as well i uh, don't want to overshadow that one um and like you said i think, I think it's jd mcdonough dick mcdonough okay jordan devlin whatever yeah that's gonna be the next few which which i'm down for i think that's gonna be a fun uh, a fun little series and i'm also looking forward to apollo and uh Whatever fucking Eichner's new name is, I think. I'm, I mean, he's amazing. I, the fact that he's not in the the male maximum models or whatever the fucking they're called. I mean, I'll, I'll fight this one of the day. I mean, instead of Mansoor and Mace, come on, dude. How how ass backwards is it that they put Masse and Mansoor, whatever the hell, in that group, but not? Giovanni Vinci, who I, that's his new name, is the former Fabian Eichner. Him and pretty deadly, dude. I mean, come on. Those guys scream the whole the whole the whole idea sucks, I think. But if you're gonna do it, do it with people that make sense. And I think those people make more sense. 
Vinci and pretty deadly more so than than Mason Monsoor, who no one can give a shit about at this point. No, I completely agree. I think the idea itself is not the greatest, but if you're going to do it, make sure you put the right people in it, and you have people that would work in that role. But then you put me, <laughs> Moss, and Mo- what's his name? They're Mansoir. <laughs> honestly, I died laughing. I'm not going to lie. I fucking lost it. I thought it was honestly hilarious, but like I said, it's not the greatest idea, but if done right, it can work. And I think if you had Eichner, whatever the stupidest new dumb name is, and Pretty Deadly, it would actually work. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't. And you know what? Honestly, he needs a mouthpiece anyway, I would say, as the former Fabian Eichner. He needs a mouthpiece, and that could be the former L.A. Knight. You know, I want L.A. Knight in the ring and whatever. I mean, the guy was over in NXT. Why fuck up something that's not broken? But whatever. Um, th- That whole thing sucks. <laughs> that debut. I forgot all about that until you mentioned that. That shit is terrible. It was pretty funny how bad it was, but we'll see where they go. I feel so bad for, for what's his name, Max Dupree or whatever they're calling him now. God, that's terrible. Do you think we get a new NXT Women's Champion next week against, uh, not Cora Jade, it's going to be Roxanne Perez and Mandy Rose. We, we called this last week. This was not her title shot when she, you know, won the tag team title. They just won a number one contenders match. She could become a double champion. I want her to. I just don't think she will. No, I don't think she's gonna. I think you get the, the tag belts in her. I feel like, I mean, Mandy can't hold the belt forever. I mean, I think, Theoretically, I'd, I'd probably put the belt on Kaylee Ray, but I mean, she hasn't been on TV in a little bit, and her dumb name—I'm not going to say because it's stupid. But <laughs> um, I would realistically at this point, but if once Mandy's going to get called up, if she's going to get called up, I, I would have Kaylee Ray beat her. You want Kaylee Ray to beat her? I want Roxanne Perez to beat her. You know who is going to beat her? Nikita Lyons. You know it's coming. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> you know it's coming. I know, I mean, I don't know it's coming, because I don't know it's coming. We know it's, come on. If that happens... I'm just, look at the lay of the land, because you think about who else could beat Mandy. Mandy's been champion for almost a year now, not exactly, but closer to nine months. You know, I think Roxanne Perez would have been the person. I still think Cora, Cora and Mandy have not had a one-on-one match since Cora beat her, like, six months ago or whatever, before War Games, I think. Um, we still haven't seen, I don't know, like, I don't know, dude, I think it's going to be Nikita Lyons because I'm not really sure what else they do because they already, they've already fed Wendy Chudor, they fed, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, they did all these other women and they've all lost and I just think also, they've even fed Kaylee Ray to her a couple months ago. I think it is going to be, Io Shirai's not coming back. That's another thing too, quickly, I want to get your thoughts on that. Io Shirai probably gone from the company later on this month. I, I can't say I'm too shocked. We haven't seen her since Mania Weekend. Yeah, I mean, I saw a report that she wants to go back to Japan with yeah. her family. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame. I mean, I feel like her and her her and uh, her and uh, what the hell's her name, Kyrie Zane. I feel like they both had great NXT careers. I mean, Kyrie her, her main roster run was just what it was. I mean, the whole Kabuki Warriors stuff don't get me started. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like she's gonna go the same same path as Kyrie. So. She was great in NXT. I mean, I think she could have been great on the main roster, but seemingly we're probably not going to get that. Yeah, the fact that she never even had a main roster run. I don't know if it's not because if it's because she's just not interested, or they just didn't like her, or I don't know. I I don't understand that at all. But maybe it's for the better. She wasn't, uh, you know, her stock wasn't damaged by a main roster run. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. But we're gonna wrap it up there, brother. I know you gotta, I gotta let you go. But uh, this has been great. I'll chat with you next week. New episodes every single Thursday, of course. I don't know what we're talking about next week, but we will be talking as we head on the road to SummerSlam. You're, I was going to say start packing your bags, but you're already ready for Nashville. Thirty packed. Yeah, my bag's already ready. <laughs> I can't wait. Looking forward to it, brother. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Later.